from Las Vegas. You're listening to Verve Church for people who don't like church. Thanks for tuning in. So I have good news that might sound like bad news. Kind of like the waiter told me they were out of cheesecake while I was on a diet. You ready for it? You don't have what it takes to win the war. The last two weeks, we've been in a series, Winning the War in Your Mind. We've been thinking about our thoughts. We've learned that your life will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. A lot of us have lives filled with anxiety or maybe sadness. Why is that? You might have self-destructive habits you want to stop, but it seems like you can't. Why is that? You may have relationships that just don't seem to work right. And why is that? And it all starts with your thoughts. And we need to win the war in our minds. But uh, I have good news that might sound like bad news. You don't have what it takes to win the war. You don't like to admit that, but you know it, right? Because you've tried. You've tried to change your thinking, uh, tried to change your life. You've done everything you can, but you always end up back in the same place. You keep doing what you don't want to do and and not doing what you do want to do. You keep falling down and falling short. You might be in a place where you feel like giving up. What's the problem? The power you need is a power you don't possess. Relying on your own power is self-help, and self-help only goes skin deep. We need to go deeper than that. Why? Because our issues go deeper than that. We learned last week about what the Bible calls uh, strongholds. Strongholds are lies we believe that are entrenched and destructive. It's something you've believed for a long time. It's something that's tearing you down. Because, as we talked about last week, a lie believed as truth will affect your life as if it were true. The the lie you believe might be, "I'm, I'm not good enough, smart enough, pretty enough, or I always lose. I I could never be happy. I've got to earn God's love. If you've believed that lie for a long time, and it gets in deep, and if you try to fight that in your own power, you're fighting with insufficient power. We said last week, it's like you're trying to attack Godzilla with a fly swatter. The power you need is a power you don't possess. It's, it's vital to admit that. It may be difficult for you. I know it has been for me. I mean, if If you've been taught to be an an independent, self-reliant, pull-yourself-up-by-your-bootstraps individual, admitting you don't have what it takes might feel like weakness. It's not. It takes real strength to admit, I can't do this on my own. I need power greater than I possess. if, If you've tried with everything you have and it hasn't worked, don't keep doing the same thing, right? You'll, you'll get the same results. If you feel like you just have to admit defeat and stop trying, don't, because you'll just keep living the same life. Don't give up. 
look up. Look up because you have a gracious, generous God who has the power you need and wants to share it with you. So I want to look again at the passage in the Bible that we looked at last week. Uh, Paul, who God inspired to write a lot of the, the Bible, writes this in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Paul said that we need to demolish our strongholds. And, and our word demolish is translated from the Greek word he actually wrote, uh, katherio. Katherio means destruction requiring massive power. Listen, you may have spent a lot of time at the gym. You may have a, a, a regular diet of protein shakes. You may be ripped, but you do not have massive power. But massive power is what you need to win this war in your mind. Uh, good news, God has it, and he has made it available to you. Uh, here's something else Paul wrote. This is in the book of Ephesians chapter 1. He says, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. And that's, that is incredible. But Paul says the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is available to you. And it is an incredibly great power. It, it can, if it can take Jesus from death to life, well, it can do for you whatever you need it to do for you. And that power is available to you. So how do you access God's power in a way uh, that it can demolish your strongholds? Well, there are several ways. Uh, what we're going to learn today is uh, how to start with God's Word, the Bible. And, and I'm not just talking about uh, reading the Bible. That's good, but I'm talking about um, how to use the Bible as our weapon to win the war. Uh, Paul said, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. And he said, the, the we this weapon has divine power to demolish arguments and every potential uh, th those, those lies we believe. And he said, uh, with this weapon, with this weapon, we take thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. So it's like we, we capture the lies we believe and we replace them with truth. With what? Uh, that's our weapon that cannot demolish strongholds. It's the Bible. In the Bible, we're told uh, that the Bible is a weapon of light and the sword of the Spirit. It is our, our weapon to fight with. And if we've been held captive by these lies we believe, um, we're not going to take those lies captive, okay? We're, we're like, we're reversing this, right? We've been held captive by the lies. Now we're gonna take the lies captive. And I will tell you that this changed my life. We're gonna capture the lie and replace it with truth. Now, uh, Honestly, capturing the lie is not so easy because we often don't realize it's a lie. So how will we do it? 
Well, I, I would encourage you to use a three-step process. You ready for this? One, identify the problem. Two, ask probing questions. Three, pinpoint the lie. One, identify the problem. Two, ask probing questions. Three, pinpoint the lie. Why does this process work? Because you don't know the lies you believe are lies. But you do know that the problems you experience are problems, right? It's easier to identify problems. And if you're willing to ask some probing questions, you'll finally be able to pinpoint the lies that are holding you captive. Might sound a little confusing, so I'll show you how this works with some examples, okay? Uh, let's say you have enormous consumer debt. That is the problem, right? Um, you're constantly buying the newest and bestest. Yes, I know bestest is not a word. Um, you go on expensive vacations. You buy a cooler car. You rock the latest phone. You drink the hippest coffee. You purchase better clothes and shoes. You have a different pair of shoes for every day of the month. You, you keep buying more and more, and it's taking you to a place where you are drowning financially. Okay, so you've identified a problem. Now, second step, ask probing questions. Questions like, why? Why? Why do I do this? And when? When did this start? Um, how does this make me feel? Is there maybe a fear behind it? What is it that I'm afraid of? Is there a certain trigger that prompts this behavior? And if so, why does that trigger prompt this particular behavior? You ask probing questions, praying that they will help you pinpoint the lie at the root of your behavior. Perhaps probing the problem leads you to remember that you grew up poor and had parents who were always bemoaning what they didn't have, and it just it gave the devil an opportunity to deceive you into believing the lie. And if you have better stuff, you fit in. If you have more, you'll be happy. And so buying more, newer, bester, also not a word, stuff does not make you happy, but you continue to do it because a lie believed as truth will affect your lie as if it were true. See how this process works? Let's do it with another one. Um, perhaps the problem you identify is a self-destructive habit or addiction, okay? Uh, for you, I don't know. It, it might be that you regularly sit down and eat a half gallon of ice cream. Or uh, you come home from work every day and immediately pour yourself a drink and then another one. Or um, you keep looking at porn. Or... You, you can't go to sleep without smoking a little pot. Uh, that is a problem. So what do you do? Second step, you ask probing questions. Why? Um, why, why do I do this? Uh, what need is this meeting? Um, does when I do it help me to understand why I do it? You ask probing questions. The questions may lead you to the conclusion that, uh, that you use whatever substance you use. Is Ben and Jerry's a substance? Uh, to help relieve stress and give you a feeling of peace. Your first thought might be, what's wrong with that? But I'm guessing you already know. Because God promises to be our refuge, the, the one who gives us rest, our, our, our peace provider. But you might be believing a lie that God can't do what he promises to do. Or uh, it could be, 
your problem is that you worry constantly. That's the problem. You know the problem. I'm always worrying. You're, you're always trying to plan out all the details of your future because you can't stand not knowing. What do you do? You, you get alone, turn off the phone, pray for help from God and being honest with yourself and start asking probing questions. When did this start? Why do I feel this way? Why, why do I insist on being in control when I know deep down I can't? Then, using those probing questions, you pinpoint the lie. It could be um, that you believe God can't really be trusted, that, that you need to be in control because that's your best bet at getting the life you want. Uh, you may realize that rather than surrendering yourself to God, you're actually trying to manipulate God to serve your own purposes. You see how this works? I'll show you a way it's played out in my life. So I grew up um, an overachiever in high school, in sports, in college with grades. And it wasn't because I was so gifted or smart, but because I worked myself into the ground. That's why I succeeded. Uh, Then when I um, went into ministry and got married and started having kids, um, I realized I work nonstop. I'm the first one to work. I'm the last one to leave. I go home uh, late and then work more at night. I didn't want to take a day off. I didn't want to take a vacation. And I thought I was honoring God with my work ethic until finally I realized I had a problem and I had to change. So, So I asked probing questions. Why am I this way? What does it do for me? And through those questions, I pinpointed the lie. I believed my life was based on what I achieved. Okay, so that's how you capture the lie. And then what do we do? We replace it with truth. We replace it with truth. There's a, um, there's a time in the Bible when we see Jesus tempted to believe lies. Uh, Satan tries to throw him off course, off, off of, of God's plan for his life. How does Satan do it? He tries to deceive him. He tempts him to believe lies, which is exactly what Satan does in your life. He wants to get you off course. He wants to separate you from God and from the life God has for you. And he does it through deception by trying to get you to believe lies. So so he does this with Jesus. What does Jesus do in response? Every time Jesus quotes the Bible, not just some generic Bible reference, but a specific Bible verse that applied precisely to the lie Satan told him. A specific Bible verse Jesus had memorized and had ready to capture the lie and replace it with God's truth. And we are going to do what Jesus did. We are going to, or it said, take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ by, by using our process to pinpoint the lie and then we'll replace it with the truth and Jesus promises the truth will set you free. Free. And whew, doesn't free sound awesome? It doesn't. And we can get there. But to get there, we're going to need to get to know the Bible. As followers of Jesus, um, We are people who prioritize reading the Bible, uh, listening to Bible teaching, being involved in Bible studies, because we want to know the truth 
so we can recognize lies and have truth to replace those lies. So let's see how this could work with the examples we considered earlier. Okay, let's kind of walk back through them. Uh, remember, you identified a problem of overspending. You asked probing questions that led you to expose the lie you believed, which is, if I have more, I'll be happy. The next step is to replace that lie with God's truth. And so, like um, the Bible says in Philippians chapter 4, verses 12 and 13, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. The idea there is, man, I can be content regardless of my circumstances, in plenty or in want, because no matter what I don't have, I know that I do have Jesus. And that means I can have joy always. That is truth. And so I read that. I meditate on that. I memorize that. And then when I'm tempted to believe the lie, I just had more, I'd be happy. I say, no, no. I capture that lie and I replace it with truth. I respond with the Bible. I don't need more. I have Jesus. He is enough. That is the secret of being content in any and every situation. This is more powerful than you think. Do you remember how uh, we learned in uh, week one of our series how your mind literally reforms itself around thoughts? How when you think a thought over and over and over, you develop a neural pathway in your brain. And so it becomes easier and easier to think that same thought. It becomes hard to not think that thought. That's what's going to happen if you commit to reading, memorizing, repeating God's truth that replaces the specific lie you've believed. You will form a neural pathway, and the easiest thing will be for you to think what the Bible says. Or, uh, remember another problem was um, you have this problem that plagues you of a uh, self-destructive habit, ice cream, wine, uh, porn, marijuana, uh, refusing to use a turn signal um, ever. You know who you are. You will not use turn signals. That's your, your, your problem. So, so you capture the lie. You, uh, you believe that whatever it is that you use helps you to relieve stress and gives you peace. You need it to give you peace. What's the truth? The truth is you do need help, but what you need is God's help. What you're using may numb you to your problem, but it doesn't really help you. God invites you to come to him when you are weary, when you are burdened, overwhelmed. He tells you to bring all your cares to him because he cares about you. He promises to be your refuge and give you peace. And so you memorize a couple of verses on that. Uh, maybe you memorize Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Look it up. Read it, memorize it if you have a problem with this. Or you memorize Psalm 46 or 1 Peter 5, 7, which says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And then when you're tempted to believe that lie, you capture it mm -mm, and you replace it with the truth that you've memorized from God's word. Or uh, you capture the lie 
God can't really be trusted. I need to be in control of my own life. Remember that one? Um, and so what you need to do is you need to replace that lie with truth. The truth is that God loves me more than I love me. He knows me more than I know me. He has my best interests in mind, and he can be trusted. If he gave his one and only son for me, what wouldn't he do for me? And then you memorize a passage or two that, that communicates that. Uh, maybe Romans chapter 5, verses 8 through 11, or Matthew chapter uh, 6, verses like 25 and 26. You capture the lie and replace it with truth. For me, I told you that I, I overextended myself in unhealthy ways so I could overachieve. I, I just thought of myself as a hard worker. That's who I am. Finally, I realized that, that it wasn't work ethic that was driving me. It was a desperate need to prove I was worthy. I had to replace that lie with truth. The truth is, I am worthy. And what proves that is that Jesus gave his life for me. That's what set the price tag on my life. And I needed to replace the lie with that truth. And so I memorized some Bible verses that say that. Just honestly, I'm still tempted to work and work and work and never stop. It's still a struggle, and I think it always will be. And, it, and it's one worth fighting, right? That, that struggle is one worth engaging in, and yours is too. You want to hear something um, interesting and, and important? Remember we saw that verse that said we take captive every thought and make them obedient to Christ. Well, the verb tense of take captive in the original language of the Bible implies a repeated and continuous action. So this is not a, a decision you make once. This is something you will have to do thousands of times in your life, maybe dozens of times today. I keep getting hit by that thought, and every time I capture it before, I don't open the door and let it in my mind. I say, nope, I reject it, and I replace it with truth. The next day, the thought comes back at me. I close the door, reject it, and I replace it with truth. It's honestly, it's not easy, but it's worth it. It's worth it but it's not easy. You remember I told you, you don't have what it takes to win the war. You need a power you don't possess. You need God. Honestly, you, you need to surrender your life to him, to stop trying to be the one who figures it out for you, the one who leads you, the, the one who solves the problem for you. Can I encourage you to just surrender to God? To God, who loves you and who gave Jesus for you. To, to surrender to Jesus who went to the cross to die for your sins so you could be forgiven, so you could be brought into relationship with God. He gave himself for you. And, and, and maybe you're ready to give yourself to him. If so, if you believe in Jesus and accept what he did on the cross for you, the way you give yourself to him is in baptism. Uh, Jesus said, whoever believes, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Baptism is when a person's lowered underwater, then raised up out of the water. It kind of looks like the person's falling back into God's arms. It's like a, a surrender. You're surrendering yourself. It, it kind of looks like you're being washed, and that is part of it. 
Uh, the Bible says in Acts 22, 16, and now what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized, and wash your sins away, calling on his name. If you have never been baptized uh, because it was your choice, because of your faith, why don't you get baptized? Uh, go to verve.cc. Uh, you'll see some different links and buttons. You can click the baptism button and uh, let us know that you're thinking about it. We'll answer your questions. And if you decide, I want to do this, I'm ready to do this, we will help you to get baptized. Whether you're here in Las Vegas or somewhere else, we'll make that happen. Um, if you believe, if you believe but have never been baptized, what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized, and wash your sins away, calling on his name. Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for you. And then we've just got an announcement um, you need to hear right after I pray. And um, so just hang out for a couple more minutes with me, all right? God, uh, man, we don't, we don't like to think this way, talk this way, but life is a battle. We all know that. And there, there are probably parts of our life where we feel like we're losing. Um, self-defeating thoughts, self-destructive actions, God. Um, God, would you help us to surrender ourselves to you? Maybe there's someone watching this right now who's like, I need to surrender my life in faith to Jesus. Accept what he did on the cross for me and get baptized. God, help us to surrender ourselves to you and to your power because you have the power we need to win the war we're in. God, would you help us to use your word as our weapon? Help us to memorize uh, your word so we can capture the lies that defeat us and replace them with the truth that will set us free. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.